Hey, Paulo, I didn't see you there. How you doing tonight? Welcome back to the Clocked Out, Clocked, Out. Clocked Out Podcast. Welcome back to the Clocked Out Podcast with Paulo Montero. It's like yeah. a rabbit hole. I could talk to anybody about this all day. I mean, we have so much to talk about. We're the first ones to judge us and the last ones to love us. That was a product of this whiskey. Cheers. 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 Welcome back to the Clocked Out Podcast. I'm here with a very special guest to the show. Welcome to the show, Mayor Pete Hess. Cheers. Cheers. Great to be here, Paul. Great to have you. Um, so there's a lot that um, I want to get into, and one of which is Naugatuck. You know, you, you're wearing the shirt, Naugy Strong. My favorite topic, Naugatuck. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're wearing the shirt, Naugy Strong, and... Um, now, a lot of I, I just got finished talking with Wayne about this too. Uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the changes that you are making for the town, um, you know, they're not for my generation. A lot of a lot of people aren't really noticing, and um, and I am, and I know a lot of other people that pay attention are, and, and that's one thing in my generation they don't really like to. Um, pay attention to what's going on around them but just with the five minutes talking to Wayne over here um I've learned so much about the plans potentially in the future and I'm I definitely want to see um what you have to say as far as where where the town's going because I'm excited I see events happening like the food truck I attended that and um there's a lot of things that are happening that you know, to be excited to be living in Naugatuck, from Naugatuck, born and raised, um, it makes me proud to be from here. So can you elaborate a little bit on, yeah, so, on, on some interesting uh, things that are happening here? I can elaborate all night if we have time. <laughs> um, but let me say it like this. We timed everything to coincide with the train service on the Waterbury Branch Line. So one thing everyone should have noticed in the last two weeks is that the train service has increased dramatically and we now have 22 trains a day going between Bridgeport and Waterbury. And that's because the train line used to be only one way. In other words, the train could only go in one direction, but now we got the state to do sidings, positive train control, and to spend a lot of money so the trains can go both ways and increase service. Right. And when we have increased service, it changes the demographics of Naugatuck. So most of our projects have been timed to coincide with the delivery of two-way train service mm. and a real reliable commuter line. So think of it like this. We never had a real commuter line in Naugatuck. You could leave Naugatuck and go to New York City, but who knows whether the hell you'd ever get back, right? You <laughs> right, couldn't find a right. train back. Now it's very reliable. Awesome. So that changes the whole equation. So now we want to have more people living in Naugatuck, living downtown, walking around, riding bikes. We want to have a, a vibrant downtown. And when you have a vibrant downtown, then companies want to come to Naugatuck and have a higher-end type services Even stores. Even guests? Guests, everyone. Guests want to come here. And, and, when, and when you think of Naugatuck 
and you think of guests coming to Naugatuck, the first thing that everyone could be excited about is, you know, money's coming in. You got businesses that flourish. I've worked for a few businesses in town. And when you have guests and when you have people that could hop on the train and come right to right to Naugatuck, um, it makes this one of the premier spots in Connecticut, let alone the Valley. North America. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind. <laughs> but here's one thing in the equation that I think um, people don't understand. When, when you can utilize and rely on public transportation, you don't need as many cars. So younger people sometimes go with no car. They use bikes, Uber, whatever, with no cars. People that are two-car families can go to be one-car family. And, and what that means is that people have more disposable income to spend on, whether it be housing, restaurants, uh, entertainment, and more fun stuff to do. Right. So the more people we have here with extra disposable income, the better it'll be downtown, the more vibrant it'll be, and the more cool places we'll have. Right. I think that, um, I mean, it all starts with the train, right? And that's what started this conversation, having that easy access to the town, having that easy access for people to get back home. Um, the, the train, I mean, just by listening to you for only a few minutes, the train is a very crucial part of, of, our, of our town. Right. And I've been fighting for the trains for seven years. I've been mayor for seven years. Now we've achieved it. And now... We are moving ahead with all of our downtown development projects, which we've been waiting for this exact moment. So this is a very exciting time uh, to be in downtown Naugatuck and to watch the growth that is going to expand quite a bit, like starting right now. We're starting projects, and I can talk about all of them. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested. And I think, you know, like I, I maybe I worded it wrong earlier. I didn't want to, um, you know, give anybody the wrong impression. But I think a lot of people, a lot of people my age would be interested in what's going on. I just don't think that they, um, they just, I think they're like misguided as far as where they could get that information from. And, um, you know, a lot of things are on, uh, you know, TikTok, Instagram, a lot of social media. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, with this episode and along with a lot of things that you're doing as well, we could really get people to start paying attention to these cool things. Because it, it, to me, you know, being from here, it, it's cool to see the evolution of this town because, you know, I've seen it, you know, stay the same for, you know, a while when I was growing up and, and I wanted to see some, some things happening and, um, Wayne over here was expressing to me how there used to be buildings over here. I didn't even know that. All right, so let me give you a, a brief history lesson. All right, brief. All right. <laughs> um, Charles Goodyear yeah. discovered the process of vulcanization of rubber in Naugatuck, right over there on Parcel C. So Naugatuck became the rubber capital of the world. The land um, all the way, if you look out the window, right where you're sitting, Paulo, you look out the window, that whole parking lot where St. Mary's Hospital is, all the way up to the train station, was Uniroyal footwear where they made the sneakers. This building that we're in now, which I could talk about forever, the, my favorite <laughs> place, the gem room, was the warehouse for the sneakers and where they would sell the rejects. When you go further 
south along the river, um, there's land that was the Uniroyal Chemical Company, which in its day was the largest chemical company in the world, oh, wow. 86 acres. So we are acquiring that and we're going to turn it into an industrial park with a whole bunch of things that we can talk about. And um, that's going to create jobs because we want more people to live here, but we want them to have more jobs. We want more income. We want more tax revenue. Right. And we want to take that and make the town even better than well, we it is. We all flourish from that. You know, when the town does good, we do good. Absolutely. So um, I know that there's a, a lot of different projects. Uh, one of my cousins, she mentioned she uh, she attended and spoke at uh, this Amazon meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she she said it was very interesting to see how how things are are changing here. And I, I you know, I don't know where to start. We have all these cool things happening. And oh, you want me to give you a list and we'll do them one by one? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, I also would like to Why ask you. Why don't we start? where we are right now. All right, let's do it. All right, so if you look out the window in the, uh, the parking lot that you see, where all the cars are now and people are coming in to this building for Retail 101, that's what we call Parcel B. Mm -hmm. Parcel B is going to become the location of the new train platform and train station. So the state of Connecticut is gonna extend Water Street where it used to be, right into Parcel B, they're going to build us a new train platform and a train station. We, the town, have just selected last week two development companies called Penrose and the Cloud Company that are very reputable national companies to come in and do a housing project, TOD project, TOD transit-oriented development, in other words, projects that are related to people who use public transportation. So when we look out the window over the next, I'm going to say, three to five years, you're going to see a lot more people living there. You're going to see some more commercial uses, and there's going to be more people living downtown and walking around downtown. So. I'm going to go quickly through some of the projects, um, but that's what we call Parcel B. The building where you're sitting right now is called Parcel A. So we're in a 380,000 square foot building. Sheesh. Now, I don't, know if, I don't know if you know how big that is. <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> but it's big, okay? And um, this building will also become part of the downtown development project. And we have just received proposals from developers to develop this building, okay. which is also part of our downtown development project. That would be project two. So we go B, A. Now I'm going to say Uniroyal, Lanx's property, okay. the 86 acres to the south. We are in the process of acquiring that right now, almost as we speak. And when that is acquired, it will become um, an industrial park with a lot of potential uses. We've got four or five potential uses that range from data centers to warehousing to a potential intermodal freight port and other things that will create jobs, growth, 
new buildings, new tax revenue. So those three projects right now are all going ahead um, simultaneously. In addition to that, we have two other projects right now that we're working on. One is our Rubber Avenue project. So the building we're in now, the Gem Center, is 6 Rubber Avenue. So this building is actually on Rubber, rubber Avenue. Avenue. So we, are, we received um, 7 or $8 million from the state to upgrade Rubber Avenue, and we're going to get six or seven town buildings that are on Rubber Avenue, and we're going to get them sold and put on the grand list to generate revenue for the town. So our Rubber Avenue project is underway right now. That's awesome. In addition to that. Oh, man. You're, busy. You're a busy man. Two more to go. Oh, geez. Right now. All right. Um, we're also taking our ARPA money, the money that we got from the federal government, to redevelop and, I'm going to say, improve the infrastructure in downtown Naugatuck. You know, you can't have these high-level projects without the proper infrastructure. So we're redoing our stormwater management system, our sanitary sewer pipes. We're doing a total upgrade of Church Street into what we call a complete street, which is like a fancier, cool street with a lot more amenities. Yeah. We're redoing Maple Street. And as we do parcel B and A, that will include Water Street and Firehouse Road. So all of these projects together, including Rubber Avenue, are a total makeover of downtown Naugatuck. And they are all underway right now. Now, when I say underway, it's not going to happen in six months. Oh, no, no, no. But it's, That's a lot. it's happening, and over the next several years, they will all go full speed ahead and be completed. That is awesome to hear. That's awesome to hear because me, I uh, especially when I first turned 21, I, uh, I enjoyed Church Street. How old are you? I'm 25. Or, wow, I'm 27. I don't know why I said 25. Lost two years, Paula. Yeah, I know. I, it was just my birthday. You know, I just... I get I get a little blurry sometimes with this headway. The headway, <laughs> but uh, this yeah, is lightweight stuff. Yeah, that's 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 what you start with. <laughs> okay, where do we go next? All right. uh, I don't know. Maybe the station. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm good. Uh, we got good friends down there. Shout out to the station. Um, Absolutely. But it's exciting as a young person to see the evolution of Naugatuck. And one thing that I had as a goal of mine, and you mentioned businesses, you know, one day I do aspire to be a business owner downtown, but not your typical, like, you know, restaurant or anything like that. My biggest passion since I could remember has been just creativity. So anything to do with art, I do photography on the side. Um, I've run this podcast. Uh, I also influence friends that are involved in music and help them create different things and i think that there is a business in that with that being said is is you know in the future i definitely want to get involved with the town get involved with potentially making a business in this town and and that will help young creatives i think when we bring people downtown and we um you know, because we have so many beautiful things to see downtown. But when you start bringing the youth downtown, you're going to get a lot more than just, you know, people coming here to go to work or people coming out to eat. You're going to get people that are living, breathing, 
eating Naugatuck. You know what I mean? Like this is Naugatuck. It's going to be You're talking my language. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good. It's a good language. So let me say this: When I always talk to young people, I tell them, "Find your passion and follow it." And it sounds to me like that's what you're doing. Right. So, um, what about music? You like music? What do you like? So, so I do like music. Do I like creating music? I leave that for the the professionals. But what my business that I want to start eventually down the road, and I've talked about it on this podcast so many times is opening a place where young minded young creative minded people can network grow together um maybe buy a cup of coffee buy a, a gatorade sit down in a in, you know a room similar to this but just you know different studio space and everything like that and really create a networking environment for creatives in this region and get people to bounce ideas off each other get people to work together have different setups for different things. If you're a musician, you could go there and record your music. If you do podcasts, you could go there and record your podcast. And that's something that's always been in the back of my mind that, you know, maybe one day I'm going to do that just to not only, because I've seen it firsthand where I come up with an idea, I tell my friend, and he makes the best song that he's ever made or you know what i mean like there's yeah. been so many examples of that and i think that if we have a place like that that's that's you know young and and rich and pure then i think it'll definitely benefit the the creative minded people like myself and and a lot more we have so many here that i didn't even know about in naugatuck alone and that business i think would definitely flourish okay so um I have some ideas for you when, when we finish the <laughs> All show. Right, perfect. I'll uh, yeah. introduce you to some like-minded people, and uh, I would love to see you make a go of it. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of people who share your enthusiasm in the areas that you like, so right. um, let's uh, see what we can do to help you out. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and not only to help me out, but help the people that are going to go right. there. You know, and, and I think that because a lot of the times – um, one thing I noticed, I lived out in Groton for a few years and I noticed like, you know, as a photographer out in Groton, a, la a landscape photographer, I noticed a lot of people would come together, a lot of photographers. And we would have these photo meets with like 50 to a hundred people and, uh, we would bounce ideas off each other and we would, you know, some people would bring, um, people to model and it would just be an overall great event. It would be a great evening you know sunset perfect pictures we get pictures of the beach people are teaching each other different tips and tricks and when i moved back there was a time there was a period of time where i was like reaching out to photographers that you know not like photographers that own a studio right. but like just amateur and professional photographers that do this on the side and post social media sell their prints and uh it wasn't the same it wasn't the same uh connection that i had out there it wasn't the same camaraderie and mind you these are not friends that i had out there these are strangers so i was you know it was a weird time and i was thinking about it and then all of a sudden you know i i kept asking and then i found people that do think like that and do have that same mentality and do um, want that camaraderie and that networking environment where we could be successful together. 
and then that's what made me come up with the idea like okay we need see we just need to get with the people exist we just need to get them to the same place right and that's all it really so is. have you seen it just makes me think um i i'm not a big follower of social media okay um, <laughs> i do use it to promote things but right. um but i do see um drones of the valley have you seen those drone pictures it's yeah very, it's I very think so. it's very artistic and um, it's, it reminds me of the type of person or entity that you could put together with other people who are into photography. In other words, the photography from up high is, is beautiful. Oh, yeah. Right? But, yeah. I mean, then you've got some more artistic people and all types. And, you know, we have people in Nagatuck who are um, doing art shows. Like, do you know uh, Courtney yep. um, from the tattoo shop? Yep. Well, she's doing uh, an art show on the green with a lot of young artists. So there are a lot of groups of people um, with artistic taste, whether it be in art, music, photography, that um, um, would be exciting to put together. And there's already some that exist now that right. I'm going to introduce you to. That's so, awesome. That um, is awesome. I like your passion. Yeah, I mean, I think that without... Uh, creativity, right? Um, you don't really have progression, and I think, um, in a way, you should write that down. It sounds like a profound line. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I should give. Without uh, creativity, what well, you said, that was good. I said without creativity, I don't think you have progression. That's good. I like it. And uh, I think that with creativity, you know, we have things like and and we have things like the projects that you're doing as well. Cause that took that came from somewhere, you know. Someone had to create that, and someone had to make it happen. And and, and you're doing a great job at at making these projects come to life. Everything without creativity, like I said, you don't have progression. And we are progressing in Naugatuck because of that. So I would like categorize your taste as artistic. Mine are more. I'm going to call it in my mind big picture. Like I look at the big picture of how to fit different parts of town together, existing buildings, ones that have to go, Brownsfield to be remediated, and try and tie it all together into a, a bigger piece. Yeah. And um, that's really what I do and what I like doing. See, that's a good point that you make. You, you mentioned like different pieces being brought together. And when I think of Naugatuck, I live up by City Hill. So downtown to me is like a foreign land. <laughs> you know, I, I, I come down from City Hill, I get on the highway and that's it. I never really come over here. But when you say bringing these pieces together, what I thought of was, you know, every side of town, there are sides of town that I haven't even been to. And um, because we're such a big town, but bringing everything together way, would be nice. We're not a big town, we're a small city. Oh, okay. People should know that. We're, we're, we're technically a small city? Yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I like that. Yeah. That's good. That sounds good. No, it's true. Yeah. We have the problems of the city, but we have the strengths of the city as well. Right. But we're over 25,000, so we're not a small town. We're, we're a small city. Hmm. I think there's a lot. I, I mean, I just, I'm starting to see, uh, you know, just, a di it just feels different here now i don't know i don't know exactly you know the specifics of what you did but you did something good like uh, and maybe they've always been there but uh 
going to like Linden Park, for example, my girlfriend's brother, he plays in the flag football league that's going on there. Yeah. And just to see all these people out in so Nogatuck. You want me to tell you why? Let's, let's say it. All right. It's pretty simple. The river, which used to be a mess, which is now close to beautiful. It's really, really nice. Trout, salmon, you know, it's a nice place. Right. We uncovered it. We took down, you know, all of the bamboo, all of the bushes, everything. You couldn't see the river for the last 75 years. I think my mom said it used to be green. It, well, it was green, <laughs> orange, and everything. But now it's it's really nice. But now we've, it's beautiful. we've opened it up. So right. our, our park department people, at my request, opened it up so we could see it. Mm -hmm. As soon as we opened it up, People started flocking to Linden Park because it's beautiful. And um, I'm very proud of the fact that um, it is now a salmon management area. So the state of Connecticut, like eight times a year, comes down and stocks salmon in the river. That's awesome. And we're making progress on um, the, taking down the last dam on the river um, before Long Island Sound called the Kinneytown Dam, which if and when that happens, which I hope won't be too far into the future, we can have native fish from Long Island Sound swimming all the way up to Naugatuck, just like they did when the Native Americans were here. So that's, that's, awesome. that's one of our goals. And that will be a, a huge benefit to the town, to the economy, and you know, with our greenways and everything that we're working on, uh, the river, in my mind, is a very key part of the future of Naugatuck. Bring back the river, and it brings us back to our roots and makes us stronger. And it just, it, it's beautiful. We have a beautiful location we that do. was lost for 100 years plus. Right, we, we let it, I mean, not we, um, people have let it get lost and, um, it, it, it's unfortunate to see where it was, but it's very, very nice to see where it's going. And um, I think that the whole river idea that you mentioned about the native fish, that'd be great. That'd be interesting because every story that I hear about the river, it's always about how there used to be such great fish in there and and it, it was so alive and it, it, was, it was beautiful. So the name Naugatuck, first of all, you know where Naugatuck is, what it really is, what it was? I know it's Native American, right? It's a yeah, Native so American name? Actually, Naugatuck emanates from a location in Seymour where the Great Falls are. If you know, under the bridge in Seymour, there's a big waterfall there. Yeah, yeah. That spot there was what the Native Americans called Naugatuck. And that's because it was a great fishing place because the fish even then had some trouble working their way up the rapids. So that was the easiest place to catch fish. So the Native Americans loved that spot and they called it Naugatuck. Um, and then hence the Naugatuck River, Naugatuck, Naugatuck Valley. Naugatuck, of course, being the capital of the Naugatuck Valley. Yeah, there's so much history here. And um, now I wonder, like, I don't, I don't know how like the school system plays a role in in I know there's curriculum set in place but I'm not too familiar with how that gets determined but um, 
is Naugatuck history starting to become like a thing that's talked about in school? Because I went to Emmett, so I didn't really get to study cool um, facts about Naugatuck and even what you're talking about now about the whole where Naugatuck came from and, and Seymour and a great spot to be fishing in. Is there, uh, are these things being like taught in the Naugatuck school system? Because I've been out of it for, I don't even know how long now. I'm going to guess it didn't make the history book. <laughs> well, um, I know there's certain books, it should. right? Yeah, no, it should. And, there's uh, a lot to talk about. Yeah, I would think that a, you know, a progressive history class would have some side discussions right. on it, but I don't think it's in the books. Right. Um, to, you, you know, to dig out some of the things that I learned about, I've read a lot of pretty remote books that go back more than 100 years mm. and pieced it together with old maps and legal descriptions. But right. we um, did our own research to figure a lot of this yeah. out. The only reason why I ask that, because I, you know, I want to know where these things could be found. Like, do we have uh, in the library or anything like that, like uh, well, history books as far as Nagato goes? We have goes? a historical society. Oh, really? So, um, and they're very active, and it's a very good group. And... Um, that would be the primary source of, of Naugatuck history. So the Tuttle Building, you know, as you enter Naugatuck from Middlebury at the four-way stop sign, the beautiful old building mm -hmm. there, that is the Tuttle Building, and that is now the home of the Naugatuck Historical Society. And they are um, in the process of, of finalizing their full move into the building, um, but that is where the history of Naugatuck will be kept. And there's a lot. And there's a lot, yeah. Because yeah. uh, I remember as a Boy Scout, um, back in my PAC 209 days, or 109, it was PAC 109, I'm pretty sure. And uh, we took a field trip to the station, which is now the station restaurant. But before, we got to go inside, and um, it just fascinated me. So when, he, when Carlos opened up that restaurant, um, it blew my mind to see the inside because what Naugatuck does when they repurpose a, a, a space, even in here, he uh, Wayne was talking about how you guys repurpose these tables and everything like that. Um, the history is all in the walls, all in these places. You got, I'm glad that no one gets rid of it because there's so many cool things to talk about in Naugatuck, and I don't think I don't think a lot of people, especially my age understand that i don't think there's a lot of in well i don't think not is not the words i'm looking for i think they're interested i just don't think they know that it's there i don't think they know that there's a lot of history here i would say that um in my judgment naugatuck has many many really cool parts to it that people that have lived here forever don't know about Right. Like, I'll give you the best example I can. Okay. Um, I like to hike in the woods and hiking trails, and, and we build and make a lot of hiking trails, and that's a whole separate topic we can talk about tonight oh, yeah. if you want. <laughs> but in Naugatuck, uh, right, on the, right off the Naugatuck River, in what I would call the gorge, which is basically the border between Naugatuck and Beacon Falls, there are like seven or eight gorgeous waterfalls there, which to me are one of the most beautiful spots in New England. And, and I have to tell you that 
I'm going to say 85% of the people who've lived in Naugatuck all their lives don't even know they're there. Is that near High Rock? It's near High Rock. It's okay. sort of like below it on the trail ah, in the yeah. gorge that yeah. goes up the hill. As you start walking up that hill, it's a very, very Especially beautiful in the fall. spot. I've been there in the fall to yeah. take some photos. And maybe when we get done here, I'll, I'll show you it. it. It came out beautiful. But, yeah, there's there's a lot to see. There's a lot to see. And um, we have made that trail part of what we call our Mission 22 Trail. There you go. Which is a 22-kilometer trail that we've made that connects a lot of existing trails in Naugatuck together into a, a great trail where we have a hike every year in our September festival for the benefit of, of Mission 22. So. That's a very big day for me every year, and um, we really, really enjoy the hike and what we can do to help the cause of Mission 22. Yeah. So um, I was wondering, and this is uh, the most obvious question that I had uh, for you today, is, is what made you want to run for mayor for Naugatuck? I know you were born and raised in Naugatuck. Right. Um, is there another reason other than that well I think it went something like this first of all I never ever had any aspirations to be mayor until shortly I'm gonna say less than a year before I decided to run for mayor mm -hmm. and I think where it came from was I was appointed by Mayor Bob Mezzo to be on what we call the long-term facility planning committee. In other words, deciding what should happen to existing town buildings, repurposing them, and coming up with a long-term plan for the buildings in the town. And um, I was chairman of the commission, and I took that charge very seriously. And I really got into thinking about um, Naugatuck, our existing buildings, where we're going, and what would be best. And I, I, we, with a group of people, um, we put together a plan for the future. And as I was putting that together, I, I first of all enjoyed it, but secondly, I started getting some ideas, some visions, if you want to call it that, about how to make the town better. And um, that was pretty much the catalyst when I said to myself, I think that I could be pretty good at that, and that's when I decided to do it. So that would have been in 2015. Right, and I think like once you start to get involved with the town, and you start to see like even I do the same thing when I, you know, get involved in different projects at work. When I start to get involved in something, and I see how something can be better or maybe even different but in a good way um not so much better you know sometimes some things are good some things aren't but um maybe different and when i see a a, a room for improvement i like to act on it and a lot of times that i'm put on projects uh, i like to just put a, a, like you know i i just want to be involved i want to be uh involved in creating a new way to do something and even as far as that business that I was talking about um, 
my dream business of mine is, is I want to be just involved and 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 I think that in a way it kind of sounds like you saw room for improvement you saw how things are and you see how things could be and in my opinion it looked like you just went for it it's pretty much sums it up <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's a good it's a good story because now we have all these great things that are happening like I, I would drive by this building and I, I know we've already talked about this building, but um, just the fact that there's a rock concert upstairs. All right, you know? so let me tell you about that. Okay. That's, I believe, um, a local rock and roll band called The Will Away um, practicing, or some of their guys, but um, they rent that spot up there and collaborate with other people and um, ah. put things together. And, and those are some of the people I think that would be good for you to meet because they have um, artistic taste and um, like to collaborate with others. So um, I'm going to definitely oh, introduce sure. them to oh, you Oh, yeah, tonight. for sure. And they sound great. <laughs> I thought it was the headphones for a minute, but I was going to ask you, but I didn't want to get yeah. you off your game, you know? No, no, I'm not. I have no game, unfortunately. I just I come on here and I just say whatever comes to mind you know same as me good uh so now you know what's the process because i you know everybody knows or or maybe they don't but most people know the process of like becoming president becoming a senator what, what's the process of becoming a mayor is it any different or how, how does it because i never was told how to be a mayor you know could anybody run for a mayor yeah anyone pretty much can run for mayor um, you know, I think that you, uh, you have to have certain basic qualifications. Like in my mind, um, I came from a background of, of law, of real estate development, uh, municipal law, environmental law. So I had a lot of background that was, was helpful to me. Um, um, I was never active in politics and I don't really like politics and in fact I do not like politics at all but I like business so right. I ran several businesses I advised many businesses so my view of, of being involved is not political it's running the town like a business which is what I try and do and I think people like that. I don't think people like politics. Uh, I, and I don't like honest, it. To be yeah. honest with you, I'm an independent. And I, it's because I don't like politics. I right. like I like to see growth. And get stuff done. And get stuff done. Right. Exactly. I like to see progress. Right. You know, I like to see... I don't like to see stagnant. I don't like to see things stay stagnant. I don't like to see... Like I mentioned before, I used to drive by this building and I would look at it and there would be nothing going on so do you have any idea what goes on in this building absolutely not <laughs> so <laughs> what if i were to tell you that um we have all types of cool stuff going on in well this before building. i said before not before yet. but yeah. this has been for i don't know what six years i guess five six years we've been operating this building the first floor right we have huge events there Huge car shows, eighty thousand well, square feet. When I worked for um, Ferraris, I I've been in the building before okay. to set up the. Uh, so the they're display. one of our big sponsors. Yeah, yeah. A very great local company. Oh yeah. yeah, I love all my Ferraris Ferraris family. They're cool people. We're trying to help them expand in Naugatuck right now. Oh, okay. So all right. 
Maybe I'll leave that for Stacy to talk about on here one day. Who knows? Or you can. <laughs> no, I think Stacy would be better suited to talk about her oh, project. There you go. Yeah, no, it sounds cool. Uh, she always has her hands in something as far as, you know, Ferraris and everything like that. Naugatuck, she's always involved, and, and she was great to work for, for sure. And uh, But that's how I was able to first see uh, the inside of this building. I was like, oh, my gosh, this this thing is huge. So what do you think of the gem room? Well, I, <laughs> that's what I was going to mention next. Okay. I was in here when you guys had a, uh, a dinner with, with you uh, for, I believe, business owners. Stacy invited me to come with her. This was uh, must have been back in like 2019 or 2018. But there was an event in here with a band. We ate. We had some drinks. Everything was fun. I don't remember the event, though. I don't remember exactly, but I remember Stacy invited me, and this place was packed. Definitely before COVID, but yeah. When you say a band, um, could you be more specific? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't remember the band. No. All right. Um, no, we have we've had a lot of cool events here. No, I, it's I love a great, the space. It's a great space. Yeah, I love the yeah. space. It's cool. It, it, that's why. Um, when you asked, would you rather do it in the in the gem room or the the studio? I was like, I'm sick of studios. I'm sick right. of seeing studios. This is cool to me. It feels, it feels like, you know, even though it's been here for you know six years now, right? You said. Well, I'm gonna say five. Okay, so even though it's been here for five years, it, it still feels refreshing to see something like this exist in Nagatuck. Yeah, and uh, again, this was built by all our town employees using a lot of materials from the building. And um, I think we spent, I'm, I'm gonna say less than $10,000 on this building. And it looks just as nice as any place where they spent hundreds of thousands right, to renovate right. it, you know? That's, that's also a big thing is you are spending, you are spending little money to make nice things happen. Like this room. This room is a small example, but it's a great example because even the repurposed tables, even the, the lights that are hanging that uh, Wayne mentioned earlier. I'm giving Wayne a lot of credit because he's, he's a very smart man. Well, he's the manager of the building. Well, he should know that. <laughs> That's why I picked him. <laughs> That's why you picked him? But uh, no, everything looks great in here and everything has a purpose. Everything has a story behind it, which is even better. Yeah. I feel like Nogatuck has a lot of stories. Oh, we do. We haven't hit the tip of the iceberg <laughs> yet, but um, I'm letting you take the lead, yeah, Paulo. Yeah. So, 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 uh, so you, so the process of becoming a mayor is, you know, obviously you have your basic qualifications, just like any other, any other, uh, any other position that you run for, like the, the presidency of the United States. Even there's a certain category or certain things that you have to meet, certain requirements. And, um, you know, as a mayor, is it like is it something that is um is it something like that any like obviously you have your requirements that you have to meet but is there anything like outrageous that you have to do to become a mayor or is just like you 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 have to obviously be educated i think uh, a little bit <laughs> and you have to well, be you have to have the ability to convince people that you can do the job because the voters are smart and right. uh they want someone who they feel can lead them and um, I believe um, run the town like a business. That right. was the thrust of, of my campaign was to grow 
expand the town. And I'm sure a lot grow. of people, when they heard that, they related to that because this town used to be. It's going. It's definitely going back to it. But before even I was born, it, it, it was built on business. It was built on, like you said, being the rubber capital of the world at one point. So look at it like this. Um, it was built on industry and then the industry left and now it's up to us as a community to rebuild the land where the industry used to be to get our revenue back and to get us ahead of the curve and and that's the plan um we're making good progress we're just going to keep going and uh you don't know me but I don't give up, so nah, I'm just going to yeah. keep going until we get to where we want to be. Which is why you're wearing that shirt. Why <laughs> be strong? That's it. Um, sure. So on a on a less um, crazy note, I, I've noticed there's a lot of scooters around town. Yeah. Well, who was the uh, mastermind behind that, and uh, how did that come to fruition? Because that that seems like a cool cool idea that was brought to the town i've only my friends and i have only seen that in like washington dc and in texas in like big cities right you never really see it in like a a smaller a small city like naugatuck all right so um i had a, a someone come to my office and pitch the idea to me and um i liked it but um i, I you know i just my idea so I brought him to the borough board meeting which is the legislative body of the town I had him make a presentation and you know I think the gist of it is that we're trying to grow as a community we were attracting businesses more people to be downtown those businesses and the new developers like the idea of a small city they like the idea of people traveling on scooters, on bikes, walking, things like that, making it more livable. Yeah. Walkable is what a, you know, a new city is like, a smart city. So right now, I don't think the scooters are getting all that much use, but I think that as we grow and we have more people downtown, people will use the scooters in lieu of cars and right. just make it more like a city. So I think that, you know, right now we're getting some complaints and <laughs> some of the kids, you know, when you ride a scooter, you're supposed to follow the rules of the road. Right. You're not right. supposed to ride on sidewalks or go down the street the wrong way. Right. So some of the kids are, you know, taking it a little further than they should. Right. But um, in the longer term, um, we want to have more people downtown and more, less cars, and we want to right. have people walking. Less traffic. Less traffic, yes, scooters, sure. bikes, walking. Right. That's what makes a, a city more vibrant. Right, and, and you know, uh, you're going to have complaints about the scooters regardless, I feel like. Um, you know, just like you're going to have complaints about your food if you receive bad service at a restaurant. But at the end of the day, as a whole, the scooters are great. The scooters provide an extra, say, say, Say you live right in town and your car breaks down and, and you still have to get to where you have to get to and it's just right across town but it'll take you two hours to walk there versus just hopping on a scooter it'll take you 15 right. minutes you know like things it's it's very 
Now, one thing that you know I I will say is that they're dangerous. They are they could be dangerous if you don't follow the rules. And, and I think that everybody should be, you know, very cautious when riding one because I drove, I drove in um, Austin, Texas on one of those. And I love Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas is beautiful. Yeah, well, I've been there twice in the last year. Really? Yeah. Did you go great. on Sixth Street? Oh yeah, oh yeah. What, what music joints did you go to? All of them. I loved every one of them. Yeah. I just went to every 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 bar, every spot. La Zona Rosa. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I think it's an so. old Stevie Ray Vaughan place. Yeah, I went. I Do you I know went who for... Stevie Ray Vaughan is? No. Oh man, oh, You're man. showing your youth. You gotta, yeah, now you got to educate me though. Hey, one of the greatest <laughs> guitar players of all time, singer, oh, okay. songwriter, guitar player. Okay. Texas music mm. played. That was basically where he came up and. Uh, um, I want you, when you go home tonight, to Google him and listen to him. I will. And when you listen to him, I want you to remember that he's one guy, one guitar, one bass, drums, three pieces. They sound like they have about eight pieces. They write all their own songs. So he sing lead, sings lead, plays rhythm and lead simultaneously, writes the songs, That's a, a very talented artist. And I love talented artists. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah, no, I, I will. I will look them up. But I went to uh, Texas for a bachelor uh, party and uh, just for a, a vacation the first time. So both times were great, though. Both times uh, I got to see uh, some stand-up comedy out there with some big names and um, had good memories, good drinks, good where did, food. Where did you stay? I stayed, I think I stayed in the Marriott downtown. Did you hear of the Driscoll Hotel? Driscoll. That's the old one. Looks like an old cowboy hotel. No, I never heard That's of that. That's where I stayed. Oh that yeah, cool How place. Was it? Yeah, very cool. I've, I've been to see. I, I've I've done a lot of world traveling. I just um, I haven't done a lot of traveling in the states. So when I do travel in the states now, I'm I'm pretty pretty like mind blown. Even though it's it's technically my home country. I'm pretty mind blown at it because there's things that I've never even like thought of that were out there, you know, like when I went to Colorado, it was beautiful and, and New Mexico, even though most of it's just flat desert looking land, it's still beautiful, you know, Santa Fe. Yeah. I love it there. Oh yeah. It, Taos. It, Did you go to Taos? No, I don't think so. No, no. No, I don't think I. I got to school you a little, Paul. You do, you do. See, right. like I could, I could, I could definitely show you some cool places in Europe. Yeah. And you could show me some cool places in America then. All right, let's do it. So you've done your fair share of traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sheesh, you're so you're such a busy person. I don't know how to, how the hell did you travel? Well, I've lived a long time too, so <laughs> <laughs> I've got to travel more there than you. you. Go. But um, I have been to your native country quite That's a few times. That's definitely what I wanted to talk about soon. All right. uh, because you did mention that you've been to Portugal multiple times. And you also claimed that you could have put, potentially have been there more than me. I meant in the a, last couple. Well, I shouldn't say that because COVID messed everything up. Yeah, but that was unfortunate. In the, I'll say in the two years prior to COVID, maybe I could beat you. I don't know. Well, that's a you maybe did maybe maybe, okay. but I, I I would say that maybe you beat me on the amount of times that you've been there, but not the duration. Of because, course, yeah. Because uh, there were two summers in a row, 2010 and 2011, that I stayed there for three months straight with my aunt in the summer vacation. It was perfect, out of school, 
I asked my parents, you know, can I go stay in Portugal? And they said yes, and I didn't see them until the end of summer, and it was great. Yeah, it's a fantastic country. I love it there. So, what was your reaction? Have you have you traveled like a lot out of the country or no? Uh, yeah, I think so you, I would so say in, in my lifetime I've yeah. traveled. Yeah, so lot. you're pretty yeah. familiar that you know yeah. with seeing a different country that's completely different than ours, like that's familiar territory for you. Absolutely. So, how was your reaction when you first got to Portugal? Which time? I went there when I was very young. Oh, really? Yeah, I went there. Um, I will say in my teens. Really. Um, to the Lisbon area, I remember Lisbon, Estoril, Cascais. Wow. Oh, wow. Sintra, right? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, those are my stomping grounds. All right, so I went there when I was very young and really liked it. Um, and then in more recent years, um, I've gone with friends um, more in the northern area. Um, Douro, River Valley, oh, yeah. Porto. That's my spot. I love oh, Porto. Yeah. I love sitting by the river in Porto. Yeah. Chaves, Montalegre. Got, oh, you went to Montalegre? I went wow. to the sausage festival what? in Montalegre. What? Yeah, my dad How about is, this? Okay. July, Friday the 13th in Montalegre is like the craziest thing in the world. Yes, yes. I love I've been it. there that was for that festival. They have it on the castle. Yeah. Things get crazy. They start handing out these weird shots that you don't know what's in them. Yeah. And you just have to just trust them, I guess. I don't know. I, I woke up with a headache the next day, but it was it was it was a fun it was a fun night. Yeah. I so, didn't get home until like five a.m. Well, They're yeah. a different beast out there. You got home early. <laughs> you got home early. I remember. Uh, see, this is the one thing that my mom should not have let me done is go to Portugal by myself when I was like fifteen because I remember me and my cousins that live out there we. We just said, you know, we're going to go out. Let's do it. We're going to go out to the nightclub. And there, right, you have dinner at like 8, yeah. 9 o'clock at night. Even later. You go out for a coffee after that at like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm looking at the time. I'm like, when are we going to have time to go out? And then, you know, we go to this bar and, and my cousins are like, oh, we're just going to have a few beers here until the nightclub opens up. Well, a few beers turned into like 8. And we were there until like 2. And then the nightclub opened up at like 3. And we didn't walk home until 7 a.m. and the sun is rising. We look like a scene from The Walking Dead. A bunch of zombies in the street. <laughs> Everybody just danced for four hours and straight. And you were 15? And I was 15, 16, yeah. Right. Different country, You've different You've been rules. around. You've been around. Yeah. No, it's, it's – um, it, to me, their way of life is so simple and so they, – they, like things that we think are so – big here and such a big deal and and we make such a big deal we do it to ourselves but there it's just very i feel like when you you know that feeling when you get home from work you kick your feet up and you just crack open a beer and just say ah that's to me that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> to me that's portugal that's portugal to me but that's their everyday life you know that's their everyday life they how many places do you know that go home for an hour to have lunch with your family in the middle of the workday, you know. Yeah, that's even more European than just Portuguese. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's a great tradition, you know. Um, I don't get to take naps. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I could benefit from it. Yeah. But it's just not part of our culture. No, I, but I think it's just like one of the reasons what brought me uh, that, you know, that brought me to Portugal was the fact that, you know, 
I was, I think I, I was 21 and I was uh, working 60 hours a week while going to school full time college and college was crazy and I you know it just burned me out and I said you know what screw it I'm gonna save up my money my grandma has a house out there I'm gonna go live out there for a year no this was in Villarreal this was in Villa Franca de Chita 20 minutes north of Lisboa Lisbon. okay and uh, it was the best year of my life the best year of my life it was like a big reset the, the best year so far oh yeah well that's okay. true that's All true right. But I, I don't think I don't think many years are gonna match that. The best is yet to come. True that. Okay. True. But I think it's very hard to match that because I got to play, um, I got to play American football again, and I never thought I was going to, because I thought after high school it was done. And we had this uh, in Lisbon. We walked by this festival called This Is America, and I was curious. You know, I see a big Budweiser sign that says This Is America. And I was like, What the hell is this? And my cousins and I, we walked in there, and uh, I see somebody with a football helmet and football pads on, and I start talking to them, and they go, yeah, there's a whole league in Portugal. And I go, what? How is that possible? So they uh, recruited me as a coach originally, and then they asked me if I wanted to play. I didn't think it was a good idea, and but I did it anyways. And it was probably the coolest experience of my life, playing the sport I love the most on Portuguese soil. Like, it's just... It just blew my mind how cool and diverse um, that country could be. Yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah. Now, how old were you then? Twenty-one. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't really, I didn't really celebrate my my twenty-first here, at all. I lived in Portugal for the majority, but that being twenty-one in Portugal is not that big of a deal yeah. as it is here. So where else have you traveled? Um, I've been to Italy, France, Switzerland. Uh, Thailand, uh, Jamaica, Canada, uh, England, Azores. All right, so I'm going to make this uh, observation. Okay. People who travel have a much, much more extensive worldview, not just of where they've been, but of life, and have a, a, more of an open mind, are more progressive and you know accept change and are you know i'm going to say more fun to talk to when you have a world view so traveling is a great thing and i was lucky as a child to have gotten to travel some and i always enjoyed it always kept it up and i think it expands your mind in ways you can't really explain i think that if you just sat in the same exact life on repeat without challenging yourself and putting yourself in different scenarios uh, i think you're doing yourself a disservice because you're not expanding your comfort level right we're comfortable here in naugatuck because that's what we know we, we were born and raised here this is home but when you are walking the streets of italy florence italy and you got to find a bathroom and you don't know how to read any signs you're putting yourself in a different situation than what here you know okay i, I could at least go to cumberland farms <laughs> you know but in italy you you know unless you know italian so i don't know italian but i know a lot of italian words i i know spanish pretty well or at least i used to they're very similar i, I would yeah i could i could use my spanish my hands my italian words 
and communicate with everyone in right. Italy. Right. I think I was so for for a while there was like a two year period where I was just so addicted to seeing the next thing, seeing the next challenge, seeing the next country, seeing the next culture, and really pushing that. And I think it, it wasn't it wasn't that that crazy but i pushed myself a little too far once and i just said you know what screw it and i went to uh, thailand for a month by myself nobody with me just my backpack my phone i wanted to i wanted to really feel what it was like to be on the open road yeah far mm -hmm. away from anything that i'm accustomed to well that's cool i admire that it was challenging though i will say i get off the airplane and they don't really do a good job as far as translating like uh, a lot of European countries. Usually you see their language on a sign and then like English right below. So where did you go in Thailand? Landed Phuket in... or what's the name of that town? Yeah, I went yeah. down there. Landed in the capital, Bangkok, and yeah. then uh, took a, a bus down. And I thought this was going to be a, a short ride. It ended up being a 12-hour overnight bus ride um, down to Phuket and those little islands down there. Yeah. Um, I didn't think it was that long. My cell phone died, and it was just me, the Thai people, and no English. A lot of hand gestures, a lot of hear pointing. A funny story about that town? Sure. Just popped into my head, but <laughs> <laughs> one of my friends went there on a trip, and that's when they had the tsunami. Oh. And he, um, I'm going to say, lost his phone, his ability to communicate, and. Um, he was presumed dead, at least by the newspapers and local man lost. And uh, then about, <laughs> about 10 days later, he said, hey, I'm, I'm okay, you know? I'm, I'm back. And uh, <laughs> um, he just happened to be there when the tsunami hit. And uh, there was someone I knew quite well and from Naugatuck, and uh, we always teased him about it. You know? Wow. So he was there when the tsunami hit. Yeah. And, wow. and he was like you. He went there by himself just walking around and then the tsunami hit i could not uh, i'm glad he's okay and i'm glad he made it out of there but i could not imagine that was in the back of my mind a lot while i was there especially because i was on those islands those islands got hit hard yeah and um there was shelter like um tsunami bunkers everywhere throughout the island so at least they they kind of um have it prepared a little bit I wouldn't really trust them because a tsunami is a tsunami, but yeah. it's it's scary to think about, for sure. Um, but it was so much fun, and those people there—they're um, so desperate for tourism because it. it Did tourism, you like the food? Oh my god, yeah! I didn't like it coming out, but I I, <laughs> I sure love the taste of it. Um, they have a lot of different spices that my body's just not used to, but it was beautiful. It was it, the food was great, the people were great. And uh, they're so dependent on tourism that they are so they they're I don't know if it's forced or if it's a part of their culture, but they're they're nice. They're like the nicest, most humble people that I've ever met. And I think anybody that um, is out there that is scared to travel, I mean, you you can't be. You know, there's a lot of bad in this world, but I think that if you go out and you just have a little bit of faith in humanity. Just a little bit. You don't need to have too much, but a little bit of faith in humanity, and uh, you'll you'll start to see things that a lot of people don't in this world. You start to get cool oh, experiences. I like your attitude. Yeah.
I mean, it's, it's, there's so many things out there to see, you know? I'm glad you went to Portugal multiple times. I'm glad you went to Portugal in your teens. I didn't even know that. I thought it was just like a recent um, endeavor that you started. Oh, well, I remember the casino in Estoril. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you know about that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I was pretty young, and I remember uh, the casino quite well. Wow. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, the casino's nice and those beaches all along. Oh, yeah. You just hop on the train and it takes you throughout the whole coast. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to go back there um, soon because I want to get this tour. So I just thought of something where I want to go in Portugal next. Uh-oh. That you haven't been to before? That I haven't been to. Okay. I want to go to Nazaré with the big waves. Ah, you've seen the documentary, have you? I have, and I want to, I want to see that. Uh, the have HBO you, one? Have you been there? Yeah. Oh, but, yeah? but I with the big waves? But I haven't gone, I haven't gone, I can't even say I've been there because uh. it was when I was a kid. But I, I need to see those big waves Me too. too. Yeah. Because yeah. those things are crazy. Yeah. You watch, so you watch the documentary. That's yeah. what we're at. We're actually watching it right now, my father and I. And um, it's great. It's, it's, I mean, it, it's not great. It's crazy to see those waves. Well, it's, it's great that to... it's a cool story. It's, it's crazy that these things are just it, it's hard to just think about it's hard to put in perspective without seeing it for yourself right well i want to see it for myself i mean too hey <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm down we'll to go, go. yeah we'll i'm down go. i'm All down right. to go we'll, we'll... so what's the best time to go oh don't ask me that question because it's very controversial some people will say in the fall when it's still hot still cool some people say in the spring i thought it was in i the like spring. the summer i like the, but summer. the wave zone is big in the summer right the big wave season, though, you're gonna have to go um, between fall or between November and February. Yeah, that's when you're gonna see those crazy waves. Yeah, but I think you know it's still a beautiful spot to see, regardless. I think that whole coast is crazy. Yeah. There's a uh, there's a point in Sintra that you could go out. It's the most, um, it's the westernmost point of uh, the mainland of Europe. Well, that's not in Sintra. That would be in Spain, right? No. Sintra, Portugal. The most western... Western, right? Yeah, western. The most western point in mainland Port, or mainland Europe. Port. Europe. Not not including the islands. So what just about, the mainland. I always thought that point was in Galicia, Spain. No, because Spain lies on the east of Portugal. So they're on the inside. Portugal is the closest well, to America. It's more north, right? Right. But I'm talking about, like, the closest point to America. No, I'm, 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 I'm not really challenging you. Um, I am a big hiker, like I told you. Oh, okay. So um, one of the, I guess you'd say one of my um, dreams is to hike the Camino de Santiago. Do you know about that? No. It's in Portugal and Spain, but... Back in the olden days, I'm talking thousands of years ago, um, people believed, this is long before Jesus, people believed that where the sunset in the west was where God was. And that all these trails from, from France, from Portugal, from Spain, led to this one spot. And they would walk there every year as part of a I'll say a religious type walk, like a like a, a just a, a walk that they were just brought to. 
Yeah, and the trails are still there. Right. And, and there's still hiking trails. And there's one in Portugal that goes right up the coast, um, right up to this spot in Santiago, um, Santiago de Compostela in Spain. And uh -huh. I was told that somewhere near there was a point, I'll say similar to Sintra, wow. but a point along the lines of what you're talking about. Yeah. No, so we're going to have to Google this, gonna, in this yeah, interview for sure. because I, I need to know the correct answer. So, so what I'm, I don't, so what I'm referring to is just like, if you think of all of Europe, yeah, as far close as you could get to America, that point mm -hmm. is in Sintra. It's the furthest point out into the Atlantic, closest to America, because Portugal owns most of that coast. I know Spain's on top, but if you if you uh, look it up, Sintra, telling you, it's that point. That point is the most western point when in I, all of Europe. When I leave here, I'm going to look it up. All right, and if you if I'm wrong, oh, I'm not. It's not about being right or wrong. No, no, no. but if curious. I'm wrong, then I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be mind blown because those tourist guides they uh, they lied to me. I want my money back. <laughs> we should check it out right now. Yeah. Okay. I will. No, let's talk about something else. We'll uh, check it out later. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's a beautiful spot and. Um, I've I've always been a big fan of Sintra. Sintra just has so much history and yeah, so much. Beautiful. Uh, you've been to the castles and everything like yeah. that. It, I was so young, I don't really remember it well. But so you haven't I been recently. No, and I know that I want to go back because I remember. Well, you could go on one piece. of my tours then. Why oh, not? Man. Why not? You know, you and a friend. I don't care. Bring everybody. Bring the whole town of Naugatuck. Doesn't <laughs> matter to me. All right. <laughs> a hundred dollars a person that's it huh we're that gonna would, we're gonna need a bigger bus it would be over three million <laughs> <laughs> hey there you go all right there you go then that then that business has started there you go downtown Naugatuck. well um listen I, I i hate to cut it short because you know we've been having such great conversations um but we're hit we hit that hour 20 mark and uh we did. i know it's crazy actually no we're at the hour nine mark all right. Hour nine. So actually, before we go, I'm just going to do a quick shout out to the sponsor of the show. Um, and uh, maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you haven't. Um, he runs a small business out of, you know, his home. Uh, shout out to M&S Mechanical by Anthony Merritt. Uh, I went to high school with him. We both went to Emmett O'Brien. He's a great stand-up guy. I trust him with any of my ductwork installs and fabrications AC heat installs, heat pump installs, commercial installs, replacement, and annual service. And anything you could think of for HVAC needs, my buddy, Anthony Merritt, good friend of the show. He does that. Um, is, and, he, is that a Naugatuck business? Yeah, well, he's at, he lives out of Naugatuck, yeah. I don't right. know if his business is out of Naugatuck, but yes, he, right. he, uh, he's, he's born and raised in Naugatuck also. And uh, proud send, sponsor send of the show. Send me one of his cards. I will, for sure. For sure. Um, so, yeah, that's M&S Mechanical. Uh, you could reach him at 1-203-841-8385 or on Instagram at M-S Mechanical 1. And if you mention the Clocked Out podcast, he will give you 10% off of your services. Great. Good guy. He's a good guy. He supports everything that I that I do. Photography, this show. He's a good, good dude. So um, I enjoyed talking with you paulo yeah sounds like we're gonna have some follow-up conversations we have to we have yeah. to there's too many things to talk about right 
too many things. But uh, maybe, you know, someday we could do this podcast in Portugal. Maybe. <laughs> On the most western point of Europe. I'm not against it. <laughs> Whether it's Spain or Portugal, that's, that's for Google right. to decide. Okay. So uh, did All you right. want to say anything before we go as far as uh, any, any, um, anywhere people could reach you or anything that is uh, worth plugging in before we uh, unplug? Well, I'm very easy to reach, so yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I uh, noticed that. I don't think uh, that would be difficult for anyone to find me. Um, but um, no, I enjoyed being here. Uh, I enjoy your passion, and um, I'll just say, follow your passion. I'll help you any way I can. And, Appreciate um, that. I enjoy talking to you. All right. So uh, thanks again for being on the show. And uh, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we have some uh, answers to Google. So I will catch you guys next week. Thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you.